Hi, Michelle Florendo here, and welcome to Ask a Decision Engineer. Listen in and find out how to untangle big decisions with less stress and more clarity. Today's episode is going to be an Ask Me Anything episode, where I answer questions sent by you, the listeners, about decision-making. I'd love to hear what you're wondering about decision-making. So if you have a question you'd like me to answer on the show, head over to askadecisionengineer.com and leave me a message. Hi. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. This is Christopher from New York. This is Hannah from Melbourne, Australia. My name is Tomas, and I live in Dublin in Ireland. I'm Aga from Warsaw, Poland. And my question for you is... My question is... I am wondering... I'd really love to know... I have a question for you. This week, I'm answering a question that pertains to the objectives piece of decision-making. Hi, Michelle. This is Hannah from Melbourne, Australia. And my question for you is, how do I distinguish what I want to do from what other people want me to do? Thanks, Hannah, for asking the question. In my last episode about the first of the three components of any decision, objectives, One of the checks that I offered was to check whether the objectives you've articulated are coming from internal or external sources. But I recognize that sometimes that's easier said than done. I do want to acknowledge that we don't make decisions in a vacuum. Often our decisions will have an impact on others, yet it is still important to distinguish whether your objectives are derived internally or externally. If external, then you get to choose the degree to which it matters. So in this episode, I'll offer you a few exercises to help you distinguish between what you want and what others want so that you can get more clarity and visibility into your process and you can move forward with intention. Today, I'll talk about three different ways for you to dig into how to distinguish what you want from what others think you should do. Five years ago, I remember agonizing over a decision I had to make in my own life. An amazing opportunity had unexpectedly fallen into my lap, but it would take me in a new direction, away from the business I had been building up until that point. But it would also deliver everything that I was yearning for at that point in my life. Work that I loved, flexibility of schedule, flexibility of working from home, stable income, and a team who would cover for me if and when I had a baby. I remember explaining the situation while having coffee with a mentor when he asked, so what's keeping you from taking the leap? To be honest, I could hear the voice in my head screaming the same thought over and over. But what would people think? I told him. What people? I had to think about it. My classmates from business school, my classmates from Stanford, everyone I had told about building this business that I had been working on for a few years. If I turn away from doing that to take this opportunity, what if they think I just gave up on my business or that I failed? And you know what? I'll never forget what Seth said next. It's not for them. Those four words changed my life. And it made me realize that when I was feeling so stuck about the decision, I was really getting caught up in a river of thoughts. But it can be really beneficial to take the time, 
slow down that river and really observe your inner dialogue. There may be many voices there. You know, you might have one voice that's an inner critic. You might have one voice that's a cheerleader. There's a whole itty bitty committee in there. So take the time to identify what are they saying? Whose voices are they? How much do they matter? And how much do you want them to matter in your decision? So the first tip that I'd offer up for distinguishing between what you want and what others want is to tune into your mind and see what's there. Another way to approach distinguishing what you want from what others think you should want is to really tune into your heart or emotions. I was once coaching someone who was deciding between an offer doing technical research with a large reputed tech company and an offer to work as a tech consultant for a global consulting firm. He had felt so torn between the two. He just didn't know which one to take. And one day he reached out asking to schedule an urgent call to sort through his career crisis. He had just declined the consulting offer and felt like he had made a huge mistake. So we talked through the feelings that were coming up. When he thought about the prospect of declining the research offer, he felt guilty. When we took the time to dig into what the guilt was about, he realized that the technical research job was the path everyone expected him to take. Both of his parents were engineers. So many of his peers thought it was the type of opportunity he'd be crazy to pass up. He felt guilty for even thinking about declining something that others would be so lucky to have in hand. But it seemed like everyone was excited about the opportunity but him. And when he reflected further on how he felt, he realized that he was more excited about the consulting opportunity. Fortunately, he was able to call that recruiter back and accept the consulting offer and felt a whole lot better about his decision moving forward. Despite the tendency to want to think through things logically and ignore our emotions, emotions can be very useful data if you take the time to understand where they are coming from and why. When you're in the midst of a decision and you're thinking about the different things that are important to you and the different options you could exercise, what comes up? Do you feel joy, happiness, contentment, excitement? Do you feel guilt, shame, fear, or even specifically fear of what others might think? Tune into what your emotions are and what are they telling you? And then examine, do they arise from your experience? Or are they arising as a function of others viewing or responding to your experience? A third tip that I'd offer up is to tune into your body. A couple years ago, I had a client who admittedly found himself often making decisions based on what others thought he should do, which left him feeling really lost and unfulfilled in his career. Yet because it was difficult for him to articulate what he wanted cognitively or emotionally, we focused on how somatic clues 
or physical clues in the body could help him distinguish between what he wanted and what others wanted. Whenever he felt driven by what others wanted, we examined what did it feel like physically. He described it as feeling as if he was being pulled or pushed by shoulds. But once we worked together to implement a practice of him feeling grounded and centered in his body first, then tuning in, he began to see his own wants and needs emerge. It may sound a bit woo-woo, but the body actually holds a lot of intelligence and information. If you think about Daniel Kahneman's work, sure, system two is our slow thinking, cognitive prefrontal cortex, but there are also some times where there's a lot of information held in system one, which is in our body. I realize that this may be the hardest thing for people who are used to using their cognitive center of intelligence to do. And to be honest, part of the reason why I see so many people torn is because they're focusing on one center of intelligence, usually their brain, and ignoring the wisdom or the information that is arising from other centers of intelligence, such as their emotions or their body. So if you'd like to explore what information there may be in your body, Take a bit of time. Think about what it would feel like to exercise one of your options. Do you feel like you're being pushed or pulled by some external force? Do you feel grounded and centered? Are there other textures to the feelings in your body? Is there tension or expansiveness? Is there weight? of a burden, or is there lightness? Like I said, tuning into your body may be the uh, most unfamiliar thing to do if you're the type of person who is used to just thinking through decisions. But again, with practice, you can really learn to tap into what information may be there. So to recap, if you're struggling to distinguish between what you want and what others want, you can tap into three different centers of intelligence. The first thing you can do is to observe what's happening in your mind. What is being said when you think about your objectives? Whose voices are they? And do they matter? The second thing you can do is to tune into your emotions. What feelings are coming up? Where are they coming from? And what are they trying to tell you? The third thing you can do is tune into your body and really tune into what is happening physically when you think about the decision at hand. When do you feel pushed or pulled, burdened or tense versus centered, light or expansive? Too often we rely on just one center of intelligence, what's going through our heads. But don't forget, there's a lot of information and data that can be gleaned from our emotions and our bodies as well. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you know of someone who might benefit from learning more about how to make good decisions, please send them a link to our website, askadecisionengineer.com. 
The website, askadecisionengineer.com, is also the place to go if you're interested in more resources on decision-making or would like to submit a question to potentially be answered on a future episode. Again, this is Michelle Florendo from Ask a Decision Engineer. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.